You're listening to Rocket Night. Here I am with Mark Revinson, a.k.a. Lil Rev. He's going to play a, a song for us. Go ahead. What's the name of it? This is called uh, The Persephone Promenade. It's an uh, instrumental piece. Okay. ask you a few questions here. First of all, you kind of favor old-timey music. You're a music historian, correct? Uh, were you like that growing up? What did you listen to? Well, growing up, I listened to uh, a lot of classic rock of my generation. Mm-hmm. Black Sabbath, ACDC, you know, um, Rolling Punk? Stones, I Beatles, you Pink Floyd, yeah, you name it, yeah. Romantics, uh, Clash, all that wow. kind of stuff. And uh, started out on guitar at about 12, and uh, did a lot of, also did a lot of surf music, you know. Um. You know, all kinds of stuff. Pee Wee like Herman. That. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just, you know, typical music of generation, but, you know, always was drawn to the music that had, like, the rootsy flavor to it. So, like, when I'd listen to Zeppelin, I'd hear the blues, and, mm. you know, and then as I began to read a lot of rock and roll biographies, I I discovered who their heroes were, and that interested mm. me in them, and so if I listened to Rolling Stones, then I eventually would be led to Helen Wolf and Muddy Waters, and if I listened to Muddy Waters, then I'd be led to Robert Johnson and Sun House, and, and it just is a endless... Uh, you know, spiral back in time to f- trace the, you know, the roots of the the music tree, the American popular music tree, and all of its antecedents. So I know you like does, Woody Guthrie a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all the folk stuff and um, political stuff, topical stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, I, I guess I, I probably dwell these days in a place somewhere between like eighteen. 65 and 1930 those are the that's where I live the, the most you know those years are the most fascinating to me but 
you know, it's content. Your music, the music you compose, is in the style of that era. Yeah, too. it's in those styles. Yep. So a lot of times, if I don't say nothing, I start doing some old time song, and then I do one of my own, but I don't say anything. People sometimes think that, oh, that's just another old time song. You know. Well, what you just played so, now—that yeah. was one of yours, correct? Yeah. And it's it sounds. Yeah. Like it could be from yep. let's sometimes, say 1910 or. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll use motifs where, or like. Um, um, That's um, like a tip of the hat to my Creole Bell, which is a Mississippi John Hurt thing. So sometimes I'll, I'll um, I use little familiar old-time things that have been lost and forgotten and refashion them, kind of re, 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 re-envision them, you know. Do you have a collection of 78 records? I do, yeah. Got a about, turntable, the whole yeah. deal? <laughs> I've got a Victrola turntable. I've got about 378s and... Um, yeah, just an incredible record collection and a lot of stuff on digital stuff. Where you know. do you find a lot of your records? Well, I'm not hunting like I used to, you know, because it's all digitized, you know, now. And so, you you know, but that that part of the um, discovery was probably, you know, I wouldn't trade it for nothing because mm-hmm. when I started collecting records, uh, the journey was that you would go to all these little cool little record stores mm-hmm. and you'd meet interesting eclectic people and and you'd you'd be looking for specific things sometimes you know or you would just discover things thinking you were looking for one thing you know and you'd find another thumbing through those dusty old record bins you know and um, it was kind of like a it's kind of like a journey you know you were on a pilgrimage to find this music and uh, and in the process you discovered all these other things and and so that's kind of cool about the process uh, the people you met the places you had to go to find those records now is all too easy it's fast food you just go online you want the Memphis Jug Band boom you go to iTunes or Amazon it's all right there and that that journey of connecting with people you know and people turning you on to stuff the way you know maybe it's still the same but. To me, I perceive it differently in the digital era, and so I'm glad I had that experience in hunting for records. And I, stuff. I noticed you like a lot of the off-color stuff because you taught uh, a couple of years ago here a ukulele workshop, and there were songs like "I Want to Play with Your Poodle" and yeah, all the kind entendre. of exactly. Yeah. And, it, and you're kind of a historian in that area. Yep. Yeah, novelty songs and mm-hmm. double entendre mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, just like comedic stuff and cleverly mm-hmm. thought out stuff, and sometimes just a lot of that happens to be body, you know. So, um, you know, people, a certain segment like appreciates it, and some some maybe don't. I don't know. I know. appreciate it. <laughs> I have a whole collection. Actually, you kind of inspired me. After going to the workshop, I started digging, and I have a lot of uh, CDs that are old blues that are like you said, double entendre, yeah. dirty, raunchy, and. People don't yeah. pick up on it until they really listen to the music and realize it's all metaphors. Yep. All these terms that they use. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Now, you play harmonica and you play ukulele, but growing up, I mean, did you play guitar or what other instruments? Or when did you really get into music? Yeah. Uh, well, I started at about 12 mm-hmm. and uh, started on guitar acoustic guitar and then I bought an electric guitar with my paper out money and um, uh, paid for my own lessons and stuff like that and uh, and you played rock I played rock yeah yep and um, 
and then harmonica early on. I kind of grew up around harmonica. My grandpa played harmonica. Um, so guitar and harmonica is really what I did early on. And then eventually in my 20s, I added mandolin and banjo. And uh, also in my mid-20s, you know, I, I started playing ukulele too. So, so yeah, so in the early, early 90s, yeah. I saw in your bio that um, you went to school, you, you studied... Uh, what, is it music education? or Pretty some, much, yeah. yeah. Edu- I have a degree in educational policy and curriculum development. So, And, and then after you were tra- you traveled around, you did kind of like the, the coffee house circuit. What kind of music did you play when you um, were traveling around? Everything from my own stuff to blues, bluesy stuff to boogie-woogie to um, a few, you know, rock and roll or punk-based things here and there as well. And Yeah, just a real... A real potpourri, but always leaning towards one foot in kind of the traditional world. When did you get into the ukulele? I got into the ukulele like ninety, early nineties, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. It's becoming a blur now. But someone gave me a ukulele at one of my concerts. Someone, a fan, brought in a beat up old ukulele that needed repair and basically just gave it to me. And you know, at that point, nobody was playing ukulele. Nobody. Well, know. now that we have the resurgence of the ukulele it now it actually it's becoming more mainstream now most of the books that we use were written by you yeah yeah, yeah and <laughs> how did that evolve i, I mean, was how in the did right you place just, at the right time <laughs> oh is that it <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as that you know the how Leonard books are you know your name is on all of them yeah well you know i mean the journey was serendipitous you know and um uh a little bit of luck, or as we say, mazel, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, some. I look back at it now, and I, sometimes I feel like maybe it was preordained because mm-hmm. I feel so grateful and lucky and blessed, and so many other things to be a part of all this stuff now, and uh, have this under my belt. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, like someone giving me a ukulele. Sometimes there's some mystery in that. Why was I given a ukulele so long ago? You know, when I look back now, yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah. But someone gave me a ukulele, and there was some magic in that, you know. And uh, and then how was it that I happened to be living in Milwaukee, which was home to one of the largest music publishers in the world? How was it that I happened to be able to read and write music when they were looking for someone to write ukulele books? at a time before it even became popular. It was you know. destiny. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, destiny is probably a, a yeah. really good word, but uh, a lot of it, you know, it, was it happenstance? Was it serendipitous? Mm-hmm. Was it preordained? Yeah, was it destiny? You know, mm-hmm. it, but uh, looking back at it now, it just seems very, very magical to me how it all unfolded, and, uh, and you know, I'm grateful because I just, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it. And now, you just recently... Uh, recorded a CD of harmonica music, Americana mm-hmm. harmonica music. Uh, do you think the harmonica is going to start becoming popular I do, again? actually. Okay. Yeah, Let's I do. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I, you know, actually the videos that I've made that have the most hits are harmonica stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like my harmonica stuff is like 150,000 hits or more, you know, and um, collectively I've got probably... You know, somewhere between a quarter of a million and a half a million hits out of all my videos, but um, but the harmonica stuff is the most popular. And if you if you look at harmonica stuff on YouTube, 
it's got unbelievable amount of hits. So there's there's a whole legion of people out there searching for some kind of a harmonica community, you know, and that it can it's a portable and affordable instrument. And you can play almost anything on it, and a lot of people are drawn to it. And so I think there's a huge potential for the harmonica. I, I also, even though there's been a lot of great blues players, and then there's been John Popper from the Blues Travelers and things like that, I don't think the harmonica has really been brought into the limelight, you know, by like some like players who just propel it to new new places. That and I think it's yeah. wide open. And the uke was kind of in that place too. So that's my theory. I feel like so that could be the new wave. It could of be bad if you're wave. trying to predict tipping points, yeah. Harmonicas. No. And like you said, the portability. That's why I got into it. Same with you. It, it could portable fit in my pocket. Affordable. Yeah, exactly. So And, and affordable. Yeah. Uh, what I notice, uh, a lot of the... I think, I think some of the kids are getting tired of hearing electrified music and loud. And I think people are kind of wanting to find their roots again. Maybe it's the fact that the last decade the economy has been down. People want to go back to simple things and all this retro stuff. So maybe everything fits in now. Yeah. The harmonica, the ukulele. Well, like, um, you know, square dances and contra dances and old-time film Mm -hmm. music and old-time stuff, string band music, bluegrass. Mumford and Sons, who would think that they would take off? When I was a grade school music teacher, you know, from 2000 to 2005, all those kids are, you know, grown up now, you know, a lot of them, and... Um, they show up at my concerts and they're all playing mandolins and fiddles and banjos now, you know. So, so it's, it's, it's a cool. sign that yeah, it, it's a sign that it's just come of age where old, that old timey stuff is just well, people feel connected to it now. Maybe it's a cycle like in the '60s, the folk music became popular again and then kind yes. of faded out, and now we're coming back. It's a to cycle. The, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, What's next for Little Rev? You have your new CD that's out. I've got a new What's CD. What's on the horizon out, yeah. for 2015? What do you any plans? Or? Well, uh, I got a new CD out, so I'll be busy pr- promoting that, the harmonica stuff. Um, I've got a new book uh, from Hal Leonard coming out at Christmas called uh, "Fiddle Tunes for Ukulele." And, um, Definitely going to buy that one because yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like all that finger yeah, picking. I'm excited about that because I've been telling everybody about it for last three years now, and it, it took forever for it to just come out. But I want uh, you to write a book more of your jug 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 bands or yeah. whatever because. The one that you have is my favorite because it has all the double entendre. Oh, the strum along book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I'm gonna do another strum along book with a lot of that stuff in there. Like the for sure. the fun bluesy. Um, you know, I, I, my mind just went blank now, but I play a, a lot of those songs. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that no, that's good. good. That's really good music. So basically, you're traveling around the ukulele circuit. And, yeah, uh, 2015 is a banner year. I'm at almost every uke fest in the country in 2015. So uh-huh. it's for whatever reason, it is a year that um, you know, I, I, it'd be hard to beat. You know, because oh, ukulele's it, mainstream. Now, yeah, so it's, it's like I'm every month. I'm flying somewhere else. So it, uh, I'm, well, this is an exciting going, time then. Yeah. Maybe everything has come to fruition. Yeah, all these years. And yeah, maybe rec- this you're is getting the, the recognition <laughs> that you've been waiting for, and all that. I mean, and your 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 books are out there. You're the 
basically the first, really, person one that... Of, yeah. One of, I mean, yeah. and Jim Beloff wrote all those... Yeah, Jim and I were kind of, you know, the, you the got, harbingers. Yeah, exactly. Know? We were, we were, you know, part of that first, you know, group of first people. First wave, and then, yeah. You know, there are many others that came after that, so... Mm -hmm. All right. You know. Well, this is... I, want, I know you want to get down there. It's pretty good. Anything else that we that you would like people to know or talk about? Lilrev.com and fountainofuke.blogspot.com. Uh, my blog is Fountain of Uke, and the website is lilrev.com. And, and, yeah, people stop by there and check it out. That would be great. All right. Well, thanks a lot. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks.